Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Um, After that moment about the slap heard around the world, I said, well, good response by Will Smith would have been to just grab his wife and just start making out with her right there, you know, in front of everybody. Why not, right? Kind of give her some support there and so that it show that he wasn't that offended by it. But anyway, we're wrapping up our series here today. This will be the, the final message from our series, Life in Babylon, and a study from the book of Daniel. How Daniel was thrust into a culture that was not friendly to God, but was hostile to God. As we have discussed over the last three weeks, and we will again this week, many of us feel the same way in our American culture today. We see that our beliefs are in conflict with the way that the culture is going. Open your Bibles, if you would please, to Daniel chapter 6. Today's message is titled, For He Is the Living God. And He most certainly is the Living God. We'll be discussing a very familiar passage of Scripture, Daniel in the Den of Lions. You know, when I was a youngster in elementary school, in gym class, we always had these physical fitness tests. One of the things that we had to do, and I'm just going to go ahead and demonstrate right here, is we had to go up against the wall. You put your legs out like this, and then you bend down like this, and you had to hold that for as long as you could. It was called the isometric leg squat. And after a few minutes, your legs start shaking really bad, (laughs) and it was hard to hold it. But whoever could hold it there the longest got a candy bar, right? Nowadays, you'd be like, so what? I'm not doing that for a candy bar. But when you're a youngster... You wanted that candy bar, and you wanted to have the honor of being able to hold the isometric leg squat for the longest. Matthew 24, 13 says this, the one who endures to the end will be saved. We wanted to endure to the end with the isometric leg squat, get that candy bar. You know, the Lord says those who endure to the end will be saved. Here's the thing. Those who have genuine faith in Jesus Christ have the Holy Spirit and they will endure to the end. Listen, if you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will endure to the end. Don't you worry about that. The Lord is with you and the Lord has you in his hand and he will give you the strength that you do not even believe that you have and your most difficult and trying times. Be encouraged by that this morning. This is what we're going to discuss today. God saves those who endure persecution for him. Yes, he does. Because persecution is an expected part of the Christian experience. Folks, the Christianity that is being taught today in America is not biblical Christianity It's not easy street. You say a prayer, you receive the healing you want, and the money rolls in. That's not biblical Christianity. We just look to our Lord and Savior. He suffered. He was a suffering servant. He endured much pain and much atrocity. We so desperately want Christianity to be 
this nice, easy life here on earth. My friends, I have to tell you the truth. It's not. It's not. Okay? That's the truth. Being a Christian, part of that experience is to expect persecution. I just have to be honest with you. It's a lie to tell you that by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you're going to be blessed financially. That's not true. You may, but you may not. That all your prayers are going to be answered. That's another lie. They may or they may not. The word that I deliver to you each and every week comes from the Bible. And because we live in a culture where not many people are reading the Bible, they make up Christianity in their own minds. Their own thoughts and their own opinions are the basis of their religion. And their religion is wrong. It's not biblical. Jesus Christ said that faith in me is a difficult thing. Expect persecution. Expect hard times. Look at the life that he lived. It's not easy, street. But let me encourage you with this. Everything you need to endure is going to be given to you through the Holy Spirit. And here's another encouraging word. You have a glorious future waiting for you. The good news is, is that life here isn't life. Life begins at the moment of physical death. That is the beginning. I'm not saying rush out there and go ahead and try to hasten that moment. But what I'm telling you is, is that we have a glorious future. Okay? Life here is a trial. Life here is a test. It's a test of love. Christianity is the greatest test of love between you and God. Oh, that's a good one. Christianity is the greatest test of love between you and God. So what we're going to focus on today is we're going to see that God delivers, oops, a little too quick there. God delivers Daniel from the lion's den. And he does this because Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because he was persecuted for his faith in God. You know, they couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel. His life was clean as a whistle. And they said, well, we can't find anything to accuse Daniel of, so we're going to find something against him in regard to his relationship with God. And so they went after his faith, and they went after his God. And that's exactly what they're going to do to Christianity in America. America is becoming Babylon my friends, I saw a t-shirt earlier this week. It said, normal ain't coming back. And it's not. Okay? It's not. But Jesus is. But Jesus is. Normal ain't coming back, but Jesus is. Don't put your hopes in this country turning things around. It's not going to happen. And that's not a pessimistic point of view because we have a great future ahead. And it's not in America. It's in heaven, eternal in the heavens with the Lord. Amen. And you say, 
this persecution you're talking about nick this isn't going to happen in america yes it is it's already happening i have read you stories over the last three weeks about things that have been suppressed in the media that you've probably not heard right things about how this culture is a is spearheading a fight against christianity and you may say well you know people really aren't that evil no but satan is and satan uses people and they don't even know they're being used because the spirit of god is not in them to reveal the truth to them to enlighten their minds because they've not surrendered their pride and they've not surrendered their hearts to the absolute lordship of Jesus Christ, and they doubt the Bible. They doubt the Holy Scriptures. And so Satan uses them, and they don't even know that they're being used, and they don't even know what they do. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. Familiar words? So here in this passage of Scripture, chapter 6 of Daniel, the year is now five. 39 BC 66 years have passed since Daniel was taken into Babylon from Jerusalem he is now advanced in aged there's a new king the king's name is Darius and a new empire the Medo-Persian empire has defeated the Babylonian empire and they are now the superpower of the world and so what King Darius has done, he has taken the, new, the Babylonian kingdom that he has conquered and he has divided it up into 120 cities or provinces. And he has set a prince or a president over each one of those 120 cities. And then he has taken three people and established them as commissioners over those 120. And Daniel is now one of those three commissioners. Okay? And so the king, Daniel, really stood out because he had an extraordinary spirit within him. And so the king looked at Daniel and he said, you know what, I want this man to rule over the entire kingdom and just be second only to me. And this created a lot of jealousy among the other commissioners and the presidents of those 120 cities. And so they looked for everything that they could to try and get this guy to bring him down they couldn't find nothing his life was clean as a whistle as i said so what they did is they went to the king and they said king i want you to create a law you need to create a law that anybody that doesn't give their full worship to you that gives to any other man or that gives their worship to any other god that you would throw them into the den of lions and the king says you know what that sounds pretty good let's just write that out and he did and so these men deceived him and then they connived against Daniel and they found that Daniel was a faithful man to his God. And Daniel knew that this law had been passed, but yet he continued to pray three times a day in his house like he always had. And so they went back to the king and they said, hey, King Daniel continues to pray and bow down and give worship to his God when he's only supposed to be doing that to you, O king. And the king was very sad because he loved Daniel. He didn't want to do him no harm. He had put a lot of trust into Daniel. But he had to follow his decree and follow the law. So he had him gather Daniel up and he had him tossed into the den of lions. 
at the command of the king. Reluctantly, the king had to do this. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Indeed, all, desi all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Listen to that verse again. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. Do you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus? You will be persecuted. In some way, shape, or form, you will be persecuted. So what Daniel gives us today and what we want to study is this. Daniel's going to experience persecution in a den of lions. He's been captured for his faith. I know this message can feel a little uncomfortable. I'm with you on this. But it's the whole counsel of the Bible that we're interested in, not just the good fluffy parts. We've got to teach all the truth of the Bible, right? How can we deal with persecution and have experience God's peace and God's deliverance. And that's what Daniel is going to teach us today. He's going to demonstrate that for us. Number one, I want you to go to verse 20. Chapter 6, verse 20. And look what it says there. When he had come near to the den, now this is the next day. Remember, the king spent all night sad that he had put Daniel in the lion's den. And he was up all night thinking, oh man, I hope Daniel comes through. So he goes to the den of lions and this is what happens. He comes near to the den to Daniel and he cries out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. He calls out to Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel, servant of the living God. You notice what he said there? servant of the what servant of the living god he didn't say servant of the dead god servant of the false god servant of the god you created with your own hands out of metal and rock or wood he said servant of the living god folks there's only one god who's alive and living and it's the God of the Bible the Bible that you have in your lap the Bible that we have for you on that table in the back I encourage you to get one and open it up and the Bible that I'm holding right here before you the Bible that we need to have open the Bible that we need to be re reading the Bible that we need to be studying the Bible that will enlighten us to the truth and revelation of God the full counsel of God for he is the living God and there is no other look what it says in Deuteronomy 439 know therefore today and take it to your heart that the Lord he is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. My dear friends, there simply is no other God. The God of the Bible is the living God. All other gods, little lowercase g, are false gods and they are dead. They are of no value to you or I. It cannot help us in our time of trouble. You know, Daniel was in a dark world. He was taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. In that culture, they worshipped all kinds of idols. They handcrafted these images of these false gods out of wood. They would make them out of stone. They would make them out of metal. And they would serve these gods that they made out of their own hands. Talk about zero accountability. I mean, you could tell any little image that you made with your own hands what to do, right? 
You, imagine, you know, I think of that movie with Tom Hanks, Castaways, talking to that soccer ball, right? And when he didn't like the conversation that was going on, he kicked the ball. Wilson, be quiet, right? And then he'd regret it, right? And that's exactly what these pagans were doing. That's what the godless do. They drive themselves crazy with these conversations they have in their head. Because what's going on in their head is complete and total nonsense. Why? Because they're not governed by the law of God. You see, God's word is totally contrary to what goes on up here. And so we're living in a world right now that's trying to conform us to what's going on up here in their heads. And they're not being transformed by the word of God. The word of God is transformative. And when we allow ourselves to be transformed by it, you and I will not conform to the culture. We will resist the culture. We look at the culture that we were in today. And we see that happening right now. Look, Daniel was in a Babylonian culture. The Medes and the Persians, they defeated the Babylonians. They didn't worship images. Instead, what they did is they would go to the hilltops and they would worship their God in the open air. The only problem is that God they worshiped was a God that they imagined in their own mind. He was just as evil as he was good. They made up God in their head. We, in our culture today, people aren't reading the Bible and they're making up God in their head based upon their feelings and their opinions. The feelings and the opinions of a man who is taken under the curse and the control of sin cannot logically reason who God is. God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are far superior than our thoughts. You, you, you do not have the right. Humanity does not have the right to say who God is based upon their opinions and their thoughts. That is very prideful. We are not that good. In fact, the scripture tells us we are in need of a renewing of our minds. And Daniel, he served the living God. You know, we see in our culture today, people using their imaginations to say who God is, to build a God of their own, telling us, people who read the Bible, who study the Bible, who have thousands and thousands of hours in silent study of the scriptures, who go to the original languages, who go to the concordances, who use illustrations to expound the scriptures. They're telling us who God is and what the Bible says, and they've not ever cracked open a Bible. They're telling us? No. No doesn't work that way does it they don't get to tell us what the bible says because they don't read the bible the culture is being driven by godless people taking us to babylon case in point this week a very good law i thought was passed in florida a law that said it's not proper for schools to teach children from kindergarten to third grade anything about their sexuality, and choosing their own gender. That sounded like a very good law to me. Did that sound like a good law to you? It makes a lot of common sense because the culture wants to take young children and indoctrinate them. 
and to make them think, you know what, you know what, you know what, little kid. Imagine that, imagine that. Taking your little child and say, what if that happened here? Taking your, come here. Let me take you over to the mirror. You know, you get to choose what you want to be. You can be a boy or a girl. And they say it in a voice like that that makes it sound like it's a good idea. And it's evil. That is not of God. God assigns gender at birth. He creates male and female. And he loves them the way that they were created. And he doesn't want man teaching them about their own sexuality. At that age, that is inappropriate. And you know who threw a fit about this? The greatest place on earth, Disney. Not so great anymore, is it? Folks, the devil has gotten into these places that were once, you know, great institutions. And he has turned them into a place where a woke culture tries to take over. You know what woke is? Unbiblical. Everything about that teaching is ungodly and unbiblical. Babylon. It's Babylonian. This is not political. I believe every issue is a spiritual issue. It's just a shame that it gets political divisions. These are spiritual issues. These are issues that God says, don't conform to this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? And serve the living God. And there he is right now. Serve me with all your heart, my dear friends. You know, one of the great things about serving the living God is that you, you're a servant. And God can take you to places that you never imagined. You know, Daniel, he gave himself to God. And he's serving God. And so he allowed himself to be taken to the lion's den. He allowed himself to be taken to Babylon. And he was okay with that. Because he knew that God was with him. He knew God loved him. And he knew God in some way, somehow, was going to use him to do great things in a place that was not so desirable for the flesh to be. Imagine us, right, in a lion's den. That's not a place where we want to be. Not the place that you would think God would be, but God is there. God is in these places. You know, Jesus, he ate with the tax collectors and the sinners. He didn't avoid these places. Jesus didn't go into these places and start behaving like they did, <laughs> you know, I think I made a comment one time, I'd like to go into the honky-tonks and the bars, but I'm not going to go there to conform to what they do, obviously. Hey, look at me, I'm just like one of you, you know, right? And that's no way to be, right, when you're a Christian. You're the salt and the light. You hold yourself apart. Um, but the funny thing is about that is that we allow ourselves to be transformed by the culture, and I think this is a very interesting situation because we're not trusting God in that situation. You know, Jesus said that wherever I am, 
there my servant will be also. Look what it says there in John 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. And the father honored Daniel in the lion's den. So he serves the living God. That's the first thing we see in Daniel chapter six. Now here's a very another, uh, another interesting thing that we see. So Daniel, first of all, he serves the living God. If we want to experience peace and deliverance during persecution, we have to serve the living God, no other God, the living God of the Bible, okay? The second thing is this. Look at verse 20 again. King Darius says this from his own mouth, and this is really neat, says this. When, Daniel, when he had come near to the den Dan, to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you constantly serve been able to deliver you? Has your God whom you constantly serve been able to deliver you? What's neat about that is that the king said this about Daniel. Daniel didn't make this proclamation about himself. This was said about Daniel by the king, which means that his actions and his words demonstrated to King Darius that this is a godly man. This is a man of God who serves God constantly, all the time. And you say, well, constantly, that doesn't sound like much fun. Ain't there time for rest? You know, when you have the spirit of God living inside of you, serving God is your greatest joy. It is your greatest joy. It brings you the most pleasure because you have this desire to just want to do good and righteous things. That word constantly is an interesting word. It means enduring and permanent, without end, perpetually. In perpetuity, you will serve the living God. You know, uh, there's not too many things that are constant in this world, are there? unless they're of God, right? Uh, man has been searching for a way to uh, have perpetual motion. How can we have set an object in perpetual motion and uh, get it, set it in movement and then keep it in movement without ever adding any additional energy to it? Well, it's impossible unless it's of God. The closest thing they have to that is this clock, and I have to read this, this clock in New Zealand, it's called the Beverly Clock, and it claims to have been running since 1864. Okay, now the way that this thing runs, it runs on atmospheric pressure and a temperature change. So there's this airtight box, and the box inside the clock expands and contracts, pushing on the diaphragm. A 10-degree temperature change moves a one-pound weight, one inch, and then it descends in order to power the clock. The only problem with this is, is that the clock cannot sustain itself. If the temperature remains somewhat constant, the clock stops running. And so perpetual motion is not something that can happen unless God is behind it. You know, God speaks and this world continues to turn. God speaks and the sun rises and the sun sets. God speaks and year after year, the creepy crawly things on the ground and the birds of the air, they do their thing, they always do. Every year I knock this nest out of the carport and every year those birds build it right back in the same spot. Every year, it's constant. 
It's without end. And God had a servant in Daniel who served constantly. And God has given you his Holy Spirit to set you in perpetual motion of serving him constantly. That Holy Spirit that he gives you is your driving force. It is the thing that gives you the energy, the strength, the endurance to be able to continue. You know why that's so important? Because we can't do those things on our own in the flesh. We have to have God living inside us to be able to do that. It's God in us. And that is why God gets all the glory and all the praise. It is him and him alone. For he is the living God. And he will set us in motion which is why it's important for us to choose today, at this moment now, who will you serve? Will you serve the God of all creation? Joshua chose this day. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So, here Daniel, number one, he teaches us we need to serve the living God, no other. Number two, we need to serve constantly. And then the third and final thing is this. Trust God and God alone. Okay. Look at verse 23 in chapter 6 there. It says this. Then the king was very pleased. He was pleased because Daniel had survived the lion's den. Daniel was cast into the den of lions. The next morning the king went there. Daniel was alive. Imagine that. Had gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him. Because why? Somebody shout that out. Because why? Yeah, that's right. He trusted God. Why was Daniel delivered from the lion's den and no injury found upon him? No other reason other than he trusted God. That's it. That's the only reason he trusted God. It wasn't because Daniel was nice. It wasn't because Daniel was kind. It wasn't because Daniel was smart. It wasn't because Daniel did lots of neat things for his friends. It wasn't because of this, that, or the other thing. It's because Daniel trusted God in the midst of the most trying time of his life when things were at their most difficult Daniel trusted God you and I may never be thrown into a den of lions I say may because we just don't know right we don't know that you know humanity has a gladiator spirit they like seeing people thrown into situations and having to fight their way out right they do people love that blood and they love that violence. You know, so hey, a den of lions, it may be coming to a theater near you. But there are situations that we have in our personal lives. And maybe a, a medical situation that we have on the horizon. Maybe financial situation. It may be a rocky relationship. Nothing brings you to your knees quite like not having, feeling like you have control 
or you're helpless in a situation. Have you ever had a medical diagnosis or a medical situation you could not get diagnosed? You went doctor after doctor. You just couldn't get a clear answer. Very frustrating, very scary, and yet very humbling. It's at that moment where you realize I'm helpless. I need God. God is the only one who can deliver. God is the only help I have. He is the only answer for this situation. You know, recently we heard of a situation of a young couple whose daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. Nothing will drive you to your knees like a child with a diagnosis that you have no power or control of. You are totally and completely at the mercy of Almighty God. And I know the billboard says, in science lives hope. God created science, okay? Let's just blow that right out of the water. God works through doctors, right? But those doctors can't do a darn thing if their mind is not enlightened by God and he does not reveal to them what to do. I'll say that again. Only God can help. God can work through many means and many methods. But it's only through God. God is in control. God has the answers. You know, when I was a youngster, we would go down to this place and it was where the Whitewater Rivers on Route 50, Whitewater River would roll into the Great Miami River. It was called a, a tributary there. And at that, on, that, on the shore of that river, that was big, intimidating water. That Whitewater River is rolling into the Great Miami and it is rushing fast and it is moving and it is scary. You're looking out at that and you're like, wow, if I get into that, I am in trouble. And that flows right on down into the Ohio River. I would look at that water and I would think, wow, that's big water. And I would think, wow, I feel so small right now. You know, God's creation can make you feel so small. And you know, the problems in our lives can make us feel small too. God allows these things to come into our lives to allow us to feel small. Because remember, it's those who humble themselves that will be exalted. God says, you know what? I have to remind you because your heart is starting to stray. I have to remind you just how small you are. I need to remind you just who's in charge. You need to see your, your faith needs to be refined. Your faith needs to be made greater and stronger. So I'm going to allow this situation to come into your life. And it's not more than you can handle. Because God says he doesn't give us more than what we'll be tempted by. And he always provides the way of escape. Right? So you can handle it with the help of God. And that's exactly what Daniel did. Daniel was given peace in the midst of that lion's den and he was given deliverance because he trusted God. I'm going to give you a couple of verses here and then I'm going to end. 
We're going to be taking communion at the end of this service. Isaiah 26.3 says this, The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. In Psalm 146.3, Do not trust in princes, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation. You see, God has given us an opportunity for great peace and great deliverance. And I understand that physically we may not be delivered from every situation at the moment of prayer. But here's the interesting thing about Daniel. Daniel wasn't so naive, and I'm sure that as he was being tossed in the lion's den, he was thinking, as he's falling, there's a chance that I'm going to be ripped limb from limb, and this is it. But here's the great thing about faith in God. Daniel knew that his deliverance, even if he was torn up by the lions, his deliverance was still going to happen. It was going to happen in eternity with the Lord. Because if Daniel had fallen in there and got shredded by those lions, immediately he was going to be in the arms of the Lord in heaven. There is no greater deliverance than that. Daniel didn't have to fear the lion's den. The lion's den turned into a great opportunity for him to show his faith. Are you ready to do the same? Heavenly Father, we do thank you. And at this time, I would like the congregation to bow their heads for a moment of silence. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www creekside-church.org find us on the website once again you've been listening to the Sunday message with Pastor Nick Stringer